All right, so the stream is should be live, I hope. Um, that's the other thing is that we've had plenty of uh, technical issues and the it what looks like denial of service. I was going to show uh, folks uh, that um, in, a, in another stream and it seems very much on our platform linked to when I stream. Other people can stream on the platform and there's no problem. And when I go live, suddenly there's there's an assault on the database with uh, anonymous accounts. And really, yeah. And you know, it's we're trying to sort of pass whether it's uh, you know because you, you you're using software packages to build these platforms, right? And um, you, you sort of tweak them as you need them and so we don't we don't know if there's a law in the base software that we're using that would allow an exploit maybe uh, um, okay but you know when when i go live all our server clusters just get whacked and uh, they're all running at a hundred percent everything and it slows everything down and, and to the point where streams have not been um, ingested and recorded so that people can come and view them afterwards. And so that's why I postponed yesterday because we were still uh, troubleshooting for that. Uh, so shout out to Simon for continuing to. No, that makes perfect sense. Uh, look, I expect um, all sorts of resistance i guess interference um you know there's you would be naive to think otherwise but you just have to look how they're treating people on twitter right and the platforms and the amount of censorship that look for as um edgy as i get all of all of my channel strikes are from them saying medical misinformation Right. It's the same with why I was uh, banned from Twitter. And I was by saying the spike protein is the amyloid, which is a truth, and I was banned mm. for the truth. And mm. um, you know, this happened to me right from the beginning. The two years, I I was pushing out that SARS-CoV-2 is a known neurotropic agent. It was in the literature, and I was, you know, I just had I was unfortunate enough to have first-hand experience of it at that time, and the well the the control that kicked in you know so like the reddit groups were all hyper controlled and oh absolutely um you know and i, I was just trying to point out that um this isn't a respiratory disease it's no not at all something else it's not even a vascular disease well, it is a <laughs> I, I i would i would i'm loath to say one thing Right, uh, that's that's the problem because uh, when you do, you you constrain yourself to true uh, a, a set of principles that are established around uh, you know like respiratory disease. Uh, so there's a set of 
body of understanding around pneumonia or bacterial and um, influenza pneumonias and all, all this and it becomes very difficult to m move around that when it, especially if you start using their their language right the the established vernacular and i'm um so you know that's why i've sort of try to try to stick to prion as a as a catch-all and you know i did um so i did a talk at the crimes against humanity tour last week and again that that didn't record because of server issues um it seems to be streaming now but um let me i, I didn't hit the alerts but let me just, let me just do that uh but whilst, whilst i'm clicking buttons here in the background you just Give yourself a brief introduction of who you are, and uh, I know most people. Uh, just I need the uninterrupted. <laughs> go, go, dude. Who are you? What's uh, what's your, what's your uh, claim to fame apart from uh, censorship? Oh, me? Yes, yes. I, I suppose I don't know that I necessarily have any claim to fame other than I've uh, always loved medical research and have done it since I was very young. And when the pandemic struck, um, I went back into it very hardcore, you might say, and just decided I wanted to unravel SARS-CoV-2, uh, mainly because when I heard that there was a new coronavirus that was identified in Wuhan, I immediately knew it was from the lab. And so I was determined to find out what it was actually doing because I was absolutely certain it was not your typical coronavirus. And that's obviously been proven to be true. Hmm. Well, I, people say I've got, I've got the old confirmation blinders on when it comes, comes to that. But, um, you know, I, I was, I can say that, <laughs> I, you know, the, well, the other side is so extreme the other way that uh, you're, you're almost obliged to uh, take up this response. And for some reason, my keyboard has suddenly died on me. And so now I'm unable to send out. God damn it. That's what were we saying about interference? Is it really just a battery issue? Um, I might have to change my batteries. <laughs> Please keep talking. Well, the battery in the keyboard died. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope it's that. Um, but, uh, yeah, apologize, folks. Um, this is why uh, you keep a big pile of uh, trash and gadgets behind you because then you can pull out an emergency keyboard. Oh, I have tons of those laying around. <laughs> And uh, see if uh, I can circumvent. Uh, Although my keyboard of choice is the uh, Magic Keyboard from Apple, which is my keyboard of choice. Um, Apple's a, a dirty word around here for me. Oh, really? Well, I have a PC laptop, but I, I just like this keyboard because it's Bluetooth. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do have a Bluetooth keyboard. Right, let me just, uh, I can try and send a Twitter alert now. <laughs> Hopefully the uh, keyboard is working. Yeah, there it goes. Must be a battery issue. But, um, or I'll get they're they're jamming me. They're, uh, they're doing everything. Then, of course, I published 
um, one paper with with Elsevier, and of course I co-wrote the other paper with Luke and uh, several other people on senescence. Hmm. I don't know if you've read that paper or not. I I, I have. Um, I do have it in the uh, download, and for some reason now my goddamn Windows. Office. All right. So, actually, why don't you uh, explain a little bit about the uh, senescence uh, issue, and uh, that's a good place to um, kick off. Well, it it looked like, um, and then this was well over well about a year ago, um, where it just looked like. Uh, the phenotype of cells affected by the spike protein was a senescence phenotype. And it turns out that that has been proven to be true. And we were calculating that um, an infection with SARS-CoV-2 or a transfection with the spike protein could biologically age someone approximately seven years is the calculation we came up with at the time. Mm -hmm. Whether that still holds or not is up for debate. But um, there was well, there, a. There have been uh, other um, publications. Uh, I mean, that was quite a while back. But they were they were looking at epigenetic changes, uh, right. which, which seemed to reinforce this accelerated aging. Um, I, I'm personally very comfortable with that type uh, type of thinking hypothesis from personal experience, and also, well, you know, what what is aging? It's a big, big, big question, right? And, um, you know, as you get old, you don't make that protein misfolding kicks in. Just... Exactly. And if, if I learned anything from SARS-CoV-2, it's that all human illness can be reduced to the body's ability to repair and or um, degrade Yes. Pathogens uh, or processes. Yep. And SARS-CoV-2 is a master at um, disrupting the repair mechanisms that we have and also in creating proteins that cannot be degraded. So between those two, it, it, it basically covers the two main camps of human illness. Yes. And this is... You know the 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 I say the the grift with science is say grift. Um, you know that there was there's high highfalutin ideals about developing unified theories of um, function. Um, you know, physics being a uh, classic example. But we um, th there's the same in uh, in the biological domain. And this is this is why I speak of prions because in neuroscience there's you know it's recent in scientific terms but there's been a move to classify a, a whole range of neurological disorders as um, prionopathies. Now the the difficult part is trying to convince the public that there's a 
um, that there are overlapping mechanisms and it's not just uh, mad cows that you have to worry exactly. about. Um, and when we can, if we can sort of establish this notion, I, I personally think, then we can uh, move forward and have a common, we should have, we should have a common vernacular again and, and be able to speak and make sure that everyone understands what, what these terms mean and how interchangeable and overlapping they can, they can be. So it's, it's scientifically valid to talk about Alzheimer's as being a preanopathy, a proteinopathy, and as well as BSE, the classical BSE, Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, every, um, well, well I, I would make the argument that pretty much every neurodegenerative disorder has some element of this aspect, the protein misfolding uh, embedded in it. What's, where I would like to take it is that the cauldron of inflammation, if you like, caused by these misfolded proteins can impact other networks, particularly if you're in, if you're not in a cohort that's susceptible to the neurodegenerative phenotype, right? So in the younger, in younger people, it's likely to manifest as the long hauler type condition or and this is this is the key point that there are a bunch of neuropsychiatric disorders which can emerge as well and you know there's the the problem is is that we're not geared up to look for these substrates of of the condition beyond beyond the classical right so you you can you, you can develop so a good example actually is Tourette's which I would I would work with and there's some precipitating event that causes a disruption to these brain networks and when they in unfortunate cases where they get autopsy material available it's it's very very difficult to find any um, indicator that there's something gone wrong, right? But then there's only there's only so many things that they're going to look for in in this in this investigation. And like I say, once and that often stops at the level of viruses when you're dealing with uh, the younger cohort, right? The young end of the spectrum, and the, I, it isn't it isn't part of the medical reasoning or thinking to be looking for the signature of misfolded proteins and once once the inflammation is generally you know you get the insult so often you can there's something called pandas right which are pediatric autoimmune neuropsychiatric disorders and these are these are these can be associated strep throat is a big um a big player in that domain and what do what do we know about SARS-CoV-2 well, it has that that super antigenic uh, sequence in it, yeah, yeah. that are um, associated with uh, streptococcal bacteria, and but w once those have passed, the misfolding could still be going on at a at a level where you know it, it can maintain dysfunction within the networks, but the 
I don't want to say arbitrary, but the average levels that we take for biomarker signals might not pick it up, but it, you, you could you so you could still have inflammatory markers, but because they don't pass a certain threshold, they'll say there's nothing wrong, right? And absolutely. And this is where we find ourselves in a, a very tricky domain because you you you've got to convince clinicians, uh, morticians, uh, pathologists to be start doing these way way more complex investigations in into these states, and it's it's not there right now. And well, what my recent most recent discovery of the past couple of days is that I believe the spike protein is seeding the body, the organs with preopathic um, proteins uh, the, being of course the spike protein itself. And I think that the cytokine storm um, I'm going to paste in the chat something from a paper. Mm -hmm. And I think this is very important because I think the entire pathology of SARS-CoV-2 can be attributed to the amyloidogenic properties of the spike protein, that it is simply being deposited everywhere. And of course, the endothelium would be the first place. Notice with an injection, it bypasses the respiratory tract obviously completely mm. and is directly introduced into the bloodstream. Therefore, the endothelium would be the first place that it is deposited. Mm. And if you look at this, and I'll put a link to the paper, I, I think that the entire... Um, is, there, is there a link the in that chat be, that you sent? Um There's a what, okay, the paper. Yeah, yeah. So let me just bring that up for folks. Right. Then we can. Uh, I'd like your thoughts on this because I think this is very important in that everything can be traced to deposition of the spike protein in tissue, all of it. And if you look at ground glass opacities, that can also and notice that it's 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 bilateral. It's not like anything that's ever been seen before that I can determine. And again, that's a common finding in amyloidosis are the ground glass opacities. And if you look at x-rays, they're virtually identical. If you look at x-rays of amyloidosis in lungs and at COVID x-rays, hmm. they're virtually identical. And um, have you have you brought up the... Uh, the I, I, I do have it on the screen. Let me just... Uh, the chat is so would you like me to read it uh please do um actually whilst you read it i'm gonna run and get some batteries um i'm familiar, okay. I'm familiar with the premise here and then because I'm, I'm a bit crippled without my keyboard but okay. please please uh go ahead and uh there's there's the uh it's on the screen i'll be back in thank you so aa amyloidosis is caused by a wide variety of inflammatory states, but is infrequently associated with Castleman disease. CD describes a heterogeneous group of hematologic disorders 
that share characteristic lymph node histopathology. CD can present with a solitary enlarged lymph node, unicentric CD, UCD, or with multicentric lymphadenopathy, MCD. Constitutional symptoms, cytopenias, and multiple organ dysfunction due to an interleukin-6-driven cytokine storm. And I think that's the key, because I believe that the cytokine storm of SARS-CoV-2 and the spike protein is indeed an interleukin-6-driven cytokine storm. Um, so just jumping in right there, um, I, in, so I would, I would say the sort of current state of the art right now is it's a bit of a chicken and the egg syndrome, which is, which comes True. first, right? The, right. the misfolded protein or the inflammation. And, um, I think it, I think it can depend uh, on the individual, um, you know, you can, I don't know. I mean, you, you live next to a toxic waste dump right? and, and you, uh, um, you're dealing with, um, you know, toxins in the environment that, and of course I picked the wrong battery size. God damn it. But, um, <laughs> oh, is it double A or triple A or, uh, yeah, I, I, I thought it had to be triple A and, um, I picked it's up double the double A. a. Right? Yeah, yeah. Always. <laughs> um, actually I might have some in the drawer. Next uh, please carry on then. And also in regards to the sudden deaths, it's, it's, it's the exact same. Uh, here's another quote. It's the exact same etiology. Sudden death in patients with AL amyloidosis is usually attributed to pulseless electrical activity followed by ventricular arrhythmias, but may result from thromboembolic complications or bradyarrhythmias and conduction system disease secondary to amyloid infiltration or autonomic dysfunction. There it is. Mm. I believe this is why people are experiencing sudden death because of the amyloid infiltration, which is of course the spike protein infiltration. Mm. Again, the spike is the amyloid. I think we have to really look at this in a new way because I think the spike protein is unlike anything that we have ever encountered in a pathogen. And I think we have to look at it as its own amyloid. It is performing as one. It is functioning as one. It is functioning as a prion. It is functioning as an amyloid. It is functioning. It is creating the, the neurofibrillary tangles. It is doing everything that, it, and of course it binds with all the amyloidogenic proteins in the body. It binds strongly with all of them. So it's making complexes with them. Therefore it is a pan amyloid, if that makes sense. Yeah, so this is so this is why I think um, in my field that there's been this move to that you know it's it's recognised that a particular neurological disorder will have a particular type of protein misfolding, right? Yes. Um, yes. But the catch-all that we use is preanopathies or proteinopathies, yes. right? Um, and I'm you know for the sake of trying to get out. Uh, a coherent message. I I stick with 
uh, prions. Um, okay, so so we, we we can use prion to to represent or is what the spike protein is doing, even in in context of its ability to bind with and perform as an amyloid. Yeah. Yeah, and it it operates across many many or, or multiple scales, and okay. in in this particular instance, you could so the the spike protein itself is likely to have. Well, we know that there are prion. The the receptor binding motif uh, has a mm -hmm. signal with respect to um, uh, protein misfolding, and um, you know that's the that's the tets and tets paper you sent to me well that's when we first started speaking a few years back yes way back in the the, what, the, the fall of 2020 mm. and in in this instance you know it's what are they talking about when they when they're saying that there's a prion binding domain they're not talking specifically about uh the scrapey prion protein mm. Right, it's it's merely an indicator of its ability to cause protein misfolding, and there's a and you know different groups, different countries are going to have different uh, again uh, vocabulary for describing this. But in you know there's a bunch of papers that have been published in the neuroscience domain which looked at or, or went to great lengths to make the argument that. Alzheimer's, Parkinson's should be considered prion-like disorders, even though they don't use canonical scrapey or well, normal to the scrapey. Yeah, PRPSC, right. And um, so it's it's recognised that amyloid is a is a key uh, a key protein that can um, represent as a, a disease marker, and same with tau. Same with uh, alpha synuclein; they're the primary ones, and um, of course prion. Um, but in in each case, the fundamental mechanism is the same. That there's a, and, and this this is where I think we don't the information breaks down, or not information. The knowledge becomes ambiguous with respect to the the, the scientific framework that we're operating with, because it's how how these confirmation changes occur and why why would they remain stable and you know the the real tricky part is that we've had you know when i started my research career a few decades ago there was all this talk of oh we've found you know all the talk was about we've found these lewy bodies these these protein inclusions this must be the cause of the disease and there's been decades of research put into um, amyloid busting drugs, like clot busters. The idea was that you know, like a if you end up with a thromboembolism uh, of some kind, you you'll get taken to the hospital. They can IV in a clot buster, and that sort of disintegrates everything and um, you you can save many, many more patients. And, and this pushed the scientific research in that direction. It still is. And there are, there are a whole suite of drugs that have been proposed because of their ability to um, 
dissolve away these plaques that we that we see. But the problem is, is that in these conditions, the disease still keeps carrying on. Right. I've and, read those papers. And so the, you know, what's 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 the take home from that is that the plaque is more uh, a symptom of some than a cause. Uh, sorry, than a cause. Yes, more than, a symptom than, than a cause. Yes. yes. Yeah. I completely agree. And in in these in in this instance, it, it doesn't mean that there isn't uh, like a, a reserve of non or, or not difficult to track because they're they're not tangled up. They haven't formed the ligaments, right? There's that it could be an individual amino acid sequence that's still floating around and causing damage there's some there's some work which would argue that or have tried to make the argument that the fibrillary tangles are a way of um capturing and sequestering the the abnormal protein and um by just dissolving them you're basically just allowing the toxic element to still keep causing damage right and, and again this just butts up against where where our knowledge base actually is with respect to modeling um so it's like when the microglial cells go about devouring um things in the brain mm. pathogens cells mm. aberrant sort of that 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 makes me wonder are there because since this is is your specialty are there other proteins mm. that are de that get deposited into tissue in this way so i i would make well the, i would make the hypothesis that I, that's a good place to put investigative time right because we have we have the proteins that we do know about but are there are there some that are re remain soluble but, but but are still toxic in some yes. form or another and yes. i i don't th i don't think we have the answer to that and uh, that's it, what i've been racking my brain over and the and and you know and this and this gets down uh, or gets into the weeds again with the physical or, or the subjective physical representation of this long hauler type condition right so you you might go and have a test done for amyloid and the body's done a good job of clearing that up right there there is mechanisms within the body to deal with these misfolded proteins and again it's a balancing act but uh, you know your age your genetic makeup the environment in which you live as to how how much slack you have in that system with respect to how much you can absorb but it might it might be the case that there are other downstream or upstream um molecules i guess is a is a better way of putting it that are that are still causing still causing a problem and still there's a a disease process going on still there's um chronic inflammation that 
again, you know, might not appear on regular medical testing. And, you know, it's, it wasn't that long ago, people were just dismissed when they were, they would complain about these conditions, right? I've been in, I've been in that position myself multiple times or twice now in my twenties. And, um, <laughs> just through, just through, uh, experience, I knew what I was dealing with after SARS. I was like, oh, this is some, and it's another post viral type condition. Um, I'm not, I'm not back to how I was prior to that, uh, encounter, right? Um, it is what it is. You got to die. Right. <laughs> so, right. But if, 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 if it was traveling via extracellular vesicles, would it be detected? Well, that, that, again, this is that, this is the question you've got to be, you've got to be asking the right question of the, the techniques that you have to hand to, to go looking for what could be a, a causal agent. And the problem, the problem is, is that the, the amyloid hypothesis, if you like, the, the, the prion hypothesis, that's because I, I think prion covers all of it. Okay. Right. So the prion hypothesis, um, has, has so dominated the, the fields that, and they've, and of course, because there, there is these inclusions a lot of the time the the focus has been on that and and you have something that you can measure you can directly measure and once you've got the technique down you can say aha look we've um we've done this in our model system uh we can and our our compound and usually you'll get a couple of lesser designation and some numbers and will dissolve 85 percent of these plaques and there's a there's a functional recovery in these mice that they uh and that's great, but, but we've been at this stage for uh, quite some years right now. And, and there's a, it's called the, just the translation problem. So what we can model in our disease systems or disease model systems just doesn't translate into uh, the therapies for humans who are, who are, you know, in a disease state and, you know, we, we we saw something very suspect as SARS was um, beginning to take a hold, and the well, the man that the the mandates kicked in. Right, was that the FDA rushed through the and it, it's an antibody binding type uh, therapy that would go in bind to these protein misfolding uh, clumps. And supposedly clear them. And if you remember at the time, there was a bunch of doctors that actually resigned at the time because there wasn't there wasn't the evidence to suggest that it was really acting as a, a, a reproducible therapy, right? There, there was right. And and so again, I would I would argue that we're sort of up against this boundary condition and knowledge gap with what's um, what's really going on and you know it's I, you know i focus on prions because for, because it's something concrete to talk about anything beyond that you start to sort of it just becomes hypothetical and you know we can i i do think they're linked to the the disease process a lot of the time but again being a symptom rather perhaps rather than a cause and you know where where do you go 
from here? What's what's useful advice for people um, that are that, that's suffering? People are suffering a lot right now, and and uh, I, um, my my concern is less about the you know we've got all the increased death we can see it in the data uh, in the all cause mortality. Oh yes, and the, one of the leading causes of death is. Uh, Alzheimer's and dementia disorders. That's one of the classifications. They don't include Parkinson's. They don't include uh, frontotemporal dementia, Lewy body dementia, multi-system atrophy, you know, and all sorts of well, um, non non-familial Creutzfeldt-Jakob, etc. Um, and so we know that there's a signal there. Um, but my my concern is well, you know, the those people that are probably being taken out at that stage, well, you know, what did they, they might have had five, 10 years more. My concern is the 20 to 30 year olds who get these long haul estates and then they're not the same afterwards. And what can, what can we do for them? Well, what I see is that the, and I think that the research has been focused on preenopathy in the brain. Mm. But what I see is happening is that exact process is occurring in all of the body's organs mm. and systems. It is a preenopathy of the heart, it is a yeah. preenopathy of the liver, of the lungs, of the endothelium. It is not, and I think people are having trouble seeing that preenopathy, I think everyone has in their mind, oh, preon brain. Mm. And people seem to think it is simply a CNS issue dealing with the brain mainly mm. and what SARS what the spike protein is doing is that exact same process but systemically mm. in all organs in all tissues even in this I, I i would even go so far as to say things that we've seen such as the the, the, the cutaneous manifestations mm. are very similar if you look at you know the eyes and amyloidosis uh what can happen to the face um i think if you look at the lesions, they're very, very, very similar. And ID may be the same mechanism. But I think most people have trouble embracing or entertaining or accepting the notion that preenopathy can happen to any tissue. It doesn't yeah, have yeah. to be your brain. Um, that's, and that's the, uh, the, dark, the dark valley that's below the... the, the Science, you know, the illumination from science onto these disorders. The the, the reason that we're the the focus is on neural systems is because that's where that's where it becomes very manifest. Uh, oh, okay, right? Because you right. can you can have someone let let's say you're thirty years old and you get uh, you know something like SARS CoV two. It it is uh it's got wide tissue tropism and you've you've got this uh assault on all the organs. The wow. issue, the issue is is that we um the, the individual might complain about the feeling terrible and the muscles but hurt. If you have bits of the heart being transformed, it's not going to manifest or bits of the liver or bits of the lung the way bits of the brain mm. being transformed. Mm. amazing mm. oh kevin that yes you do not notice it it does not manifest in the same obvious way as when parts of the brain are being converted mm. 
into a non-functioning mass. That is obviously apparent, but it's not so quickly detected when it's the heart or the lung or the liver or the kidney. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you. That's brilliant. And they don't, it's, it's not looked for. Right, because, and it's not looked for. Unless, unless, wow, unless, amazing. unless you get a, a full diagnosis of systemic amyloidosis, right? And there, there are right. familial forms that exist out there that they that, that they know are associated with um, that that disease condition. Then, in this instance, that they'll they will go to the effort to look at the tissue and say, "Aha, we can see." We can see the protein misfolding, but in in most instances, um, especially especially if you had like a you know what they're calling sad right now sudden oh, adult oh death. God. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, as, as, I don't know if you've uh, if you put that second quote up on the screen that I sent, which this explains. Uh, if you can put that that second quote I sent up, mm. this explains exactly what is happening. Uh, so uh, sudden death in patients with amyloidosis is usually attributed to pulseless electrical activity <laughs> followed by ventricular arrhythmias, but may be result of thromboembolic complications or radiorhythmias, conduction system disease secondary to amyloid infiltration or autonomic dysfunction. Yeah, and uh, that is exactly what's happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, you can you can you can beat up your organs a lot, right? Just look how many how many. Uh, I look at the people on the street. Right, that live a you know from one hit to the next, right? Yes. The body, the body itself can absorb a lot, and it you know the before they before they turn into raving crazies, right? Um, they're they're still they'll they'll be walking around and you know you know we've all done it right when you right when you, when you drink a boy bit too much uh, you take that extra ecstasy pill when you know. No, you don't need it. You got work. Uh, Twelve hours. You you just put in the body under strain, and uh, but you you can still get up and function, and you and you bounce back somewhat. The brain doesn't have the uh, as much capacity for uh, for recovery. There, there is, you know, there's obviously still plastic responses in the brain. You know, there's, you see this with stroke. You know, someone someone who can be. Um, you know, sort of hemiplegic when the stroke happens with the right treatment, they can get a degree of, uh, of functionality back. Um, but the, yeah, it's, it's because we're on the, the cusp of what, what is uh, a new, well, it's not a new paradigm, but it's, you know, the old guard is changing and, and, you know, newer people coming in will, will be thinking about these more, fundamental levels and it does and it, 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 it extends beyond um the the spike protein you know we get in, we get into very complex um interactions right now because you know my, my concern is that um with the gene transfection technology that um maybe you're okay if you just get exposed to that the body handles that in such a way that um it it can you know its compensatory mechanisms can can cope with it and the adverse events we see although obviously they're they're way higher than people would like to admit um the there's there's going to be a lag between any you know the initial transfection and anything that emerges 
downstream of of the of the shot itself but we're in a situation where that you've got this pathogen set this highly transmissible pathogen scooting from people to people and it's it's not just the spike protein that's induces this protein misfolding and this is that nature paper i was talking about which has done a, a good job of looking at um orf six and ten and saying that these are that, you know these are non-structural proteins that are being synthesized and form the protein misfolding now couple that with the onslaught of the synthetic then we've got a cocktail that i personally i i would argue should be done in primates under bsl free type conditions right this isn't this isn't something that you would just roll out on mass and uh and try to sell people the idea of uh you know what what jonathan calls the sort of cartoon uh, immunomythology as being the uh, the way out of this maze if you like the the trap that we're in and it, well, 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 welcome well, when it comes to the, the 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 injections and the you know the 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 immunomythology um what and and this is a question that i that i wanted to ask you um because we know the spike forms complexes with the fc receptor so my my question is, in your study of prion disease and prionopathies, does the FC receptor play a role? Uh, I didn't um, focus on that. So the, the, my, my focus was, again, on the brain, right? But I lucked out, if you like, by having or discovering this one monkey that developed okay. a spontaneous amyloid condition and I you know I'll share my screen with you and I'll, I'll and okay I, thank you um show the people what uh, I'm talking about and let's do this let's do so you this. actually had a monkey develop spontaneous yes amyloidosis. Yeah. and basically early onset um and you know as, as a monkey it was very hard to classify what it was now it presented more like a Parkinsonian type syndrome it was L-dopa unresponsive. And being L-dopa unresponsive, the, in orthodox medicine, what happens is is that you feel, you know, you're stiff, uh, you're not functioning well, you go to the doctor, you describe the symptoms, and they'll say, well, it might be uh, uh, Parkinson's, especially, you know, particularly if you're 50, 60 years old. And what he'll do is they'll prescribe you L-dopa and... Um, Benzeracide, which is a, a monoamine oxidase inhibitor, which allows the L-dopa to pass the blood-brain barrier. And in this, your response to that will be how they then begin to diagnose you. If the L-dopa helps you, you would, you would sit in the canonical Parkinsonian spectrum. If it doesn't, then it's something like multi-system atrophy. And oh my goodness. And I have and I have hypothesized that, that is a um important component of the spike proteins pathology. Uh hang on one second, let me do this. In fact, I've been looking at multi-system atrophy a lot. Uh 
Yes, it's uh, it's a critical disease too. And again, we don't understand it uh, very well, I'm afraid. Um, let's do this. Share screen. This. And this. Let's do this. So are you seeing this? Yes. Okay, so let's let's go. Well, first off, let's let's pull this up, right? Just to sort of orientate people. This is the excess death in the United States over the last well, the, just prior to the pandemic, from January eighteen to April, twenty twenty-two. Um, it cuts off here because the it takes time to sort of build the tallies up. Um, but if you look at that ex excess death, right? What is it? It's here, Alzheimer disease and dementia. Um, shout out to Richard Fleming for this slide. Um, he he pulled this out, not me. And um, and the other being uh, circulatory disorders. Now these are these are conditions that we would we would predict from the pathology that we would extract from what we think of as the function or the pathophysiology that can be induced by the spike protein. Okay, and. But the problem the problem is is that these disorders especially the neurodegenerative ones have a lag to them so it's very it's very difficult to say oh it, it, maybe the pharmaceutical companies are uh, betting on this right that they can they can hit you with the jab and 99% of the people maybe you know, <laughs> if there's a risk of neurodegeneration it won't show till several months later and that's outside the window of where they would be looking for adverse events. And, and so they'll it, deny it anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and, and when I try to tell people this, or when I bring up cases that are documented, they go, oh, well, that people get that. People die. People get mm. you know, that this happens. Mm. And that's the number one remark that I'm confronted with. And it's like, well, it's obvious that it's related. Like, well, no, this, these things just happen to people. It's mm. not related at all. Well, and the, the doctors are saying this. The, the, it's insane. The response to that is, well, there's a, we look at averages. Kids, kids, that is. All right. All right. Thank you. Sorry. Um, where was I? The, the, the response to that is, well, we know that there should be within plus or minus so many per year of these these deaths and this quantification on the screen is how many beyond the average that we're getting so um in june i think these i think these are total to total figures cumulative figures sorry not not just the figure for june right but um there's been seventy six thousand excess alzheimer and dementia type disorders beyond beyond what we would normally expect so it, it's if people were just going to be passing away because of the normal human condition there shouldn't be that much change in the uh the excess death numbers and when the majority is, is made up of of this particular cohort well then you have to start asking well why is that where, where does that come from and so, um, so let, let me try and frame this a little better. So this 
this is how we would generally study Parkinsonism in the laboratory. And the classic way of doing it was using a drug called uh, or the MPTP for short. And the and it was funnily enough, it was found by people trying to make uh, synthetic opioids and in the Bay Area um, and in the 80s, um, someone someone was trying to cook up a batch of pethidine and by mistake made uh, 1,4-methyl tetrahydropyridine as a as a as a product and suddenly it, and there was this group cohort of people who injected it and then within days had all developed parkinson's like disease and this this drug is uh, it's highly neurotoxic but neurotoxic specifically for dopaminergic neurons right and and so a lot of neuroscience is geared towards why why does the the behavioral state what's the matching between the behavioral state and the brain state and so we we had a way now of lesioning the dopaminergic system which was canonically thought of as being the cause of parkinson's it's more it's more complex than that but you do get a very parkinsonian like syndrome when you inject um this drug and this is this is what it looks like and this is this is a relatively young animal that we would use and that's and he's well, he's like three four days into being lesioned and you know you can see the freezing gait and the he's got a sort of a dystonic or torticolis like posturing as his neck is sort of pushing out to the side there and the limb is stuck right so he's bradykinetic so we we recapitulate a lot of the symptoms by just knocking out uh, these dopaminergic neurons right but and as a there's a bunch of validity criteria that you have to meet with with respect to disease modeling and you accept that okay we've knocked out dopamine but there's no louis bodies in this uh in this uh animal right um and look there's no there's no way you would have a door open to a monkey like that because <laughs> he's uh, he'll be out and um bouncing around and causing all sorts of chaos um but um when i was at kyoto university uh, in their colony i i noticed this monkey who i called daphne and she developed uh, or she had a tremor initially and I just sort of perfected this technique of simultaneously recording in, in real time with behavior, the cortex, the basal ganglia and the cerebellum. And literally you're sort of, you're in one hemisphere for cortex and basal ganglia and you've got to target the other hemisphere and very deep uh, with another device. And it's a, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of hardware to get on the brain or into the brain to be able to record these signals right and this is maybe i can just make this bigger so people can see um here's her symptom profile right so you can see she she's she actually has tremor right and that's one thing that we don't get with mptp unless you use green monkeys um she's pulled out 
a whole bunch of hair, she's hunched over, and this animal is the equivalent of my age, right, sort of 40s to 50s. Um, and she died, spontaneously. Um, I don't know, I, I would say... She just, we don't know. <laughs> Right, she just oh, okay. stopped stopped but functioning. Was, right, was she, it a cardiac event? We, we, it's very difficult to tell in these animals. And the problem was, it, she died on a weekend when I was away, and um, they bagged and binned her, and <laughs> so there was uh, a, a, a loss of theta that was uh, painful to me um, at the time. But you know, it's amazing that we got uh, this animal. Um, in d developing this disease. And one thing you'll notice is that she's missing a lot of fur, right? And that's a sign of neuropsychiatric or a corollary of neuropsychiatric disorder. There's a human condition called trichotillomania. It's a form of OCD. And they you pluck at your hair, right? And so, so the reason she doesn't have hair is she's plucked her own hair out. And... Um, in this particular animal, uh, so there's a close-up of the tremor, um, and the tremor that you're looking at, you know, it's almost sort of like a myoclonic type tremor rather than the pill-rolling tremor of Parkinson's. And myoclonus is a sort of indicator of Kreutzfeldt Jakob, right? That's often how it how it develops. Um, they develop you, you develop a sort of well, often neuropsychiatric comes first, then the myoclonus, and then eventually the sort of degeneration kicks in, etc. And what we were able to show is that um, so the top is just comparing to controls, and the red is that monkey. She had reduced activity. She's Parkinsonian, and there was no no response to challenge with L-dopa even quite high doses. So this points us to that she's in a uh, MSA, multi-system atrophy type category that we would use. But her, all her tissues were dysfunctional. So we, we did a bunch, of, we, you know, we wanted to get, because, um, in this particular instance, we found a known uh, genetic abnormality in her that has been associated in the literature with uh, multi-system atrophy. And she had a single point uh, mutation in that gene. And um, it's a gene that it, it's has various forms. There's three isoforms. And uh, the... SHC2 gene is the one that's associated with brain function and structure. And she, that's where we found this uh, point mutation. Um, we did a survey of 100 normal controls within, you know, age match controls in the colonies in Kyoto University. And, you know, it's a thousand monkey colony. Um, but she was the only one to have this point mutation. And so it would be, it, it's very difficult to find something like this because a monkey like that in the wild is just going to get predated very, very quickly, right? Because she's not going to get into the state that you saw her there, right? 
a fox would get her or some some something would right but um and so this is just um that imaging so this is looking for dopamine transporter and so the top is a normal monkey in the left this is after mptp lesioning taking out uh dopamine and she had relatively normal dopamine but if we looked so multi-system atrophy when you if you go down that diagnostic path they'll take a uh, MRI and they'll look at the cerebral peduncle right which is sort of where the cerebellum sort of sits on the pons and it's what's called a hot cross bun sign uh, if you can see that on the right hand side yes. so this is from a human you can see that there's a cross here and that's white matter tract atrophy and she had a hot cross bun sign as well um, and this was years ago just as they were bringing online these pet ligands for looking for amyloidosis and you can see that she's lighting up uh, particularly in the brain stem uh, relative to uh, normal um, but yeah <laughs> you can see other tissue is lighting up with it as well so what causes the focus of the brain stem um yeah, it's a good question um i'm I, I think what what you're seeing is because everything is sort of funneled down, right? So you have a you have a very large expansion in the primate mm -hmm. right, compared to like a ver the um, mouse or rodent canonical vertebrate system, right? Which is sort of linear, but in the primate, it's it's gets folded over, right? And the and the brain is sort of sitting on top, and that's that's why you're you're sort of becoming bipedal and. Um, your hands are um, no longer just there for locomotion, if you like. Um, but and and I think that there's just this focus down of all these white matter tracks that it becomes because of the focusing that it it manifests, it becomes visible there. Now, there's histology that we've done on this monkey, and you know, an important thing to look at is uh, her brain in. MRI and so you can see the cortical uh, and it's iron deposition and this is exactly what the spike protein is doing it's focusing on the cerebellum as well mm. yeah and and into the right is an MPTP monkey right so you can see that there's, there's this abnormality with iron regulation in the brain wow. and, and what we found was when you even though even though the dopamine binding at a imaging level was generally normal the <clears throat> um there was a lesion process going on and there was iron and then there was a stain for um a, a amyloid and in and so th th this and you know what what i wanted to do is like we we we'd done um, we tried to get eggs to get a germline from this animal because of the uh, the genetic abnormality. But you know, we could we could tell that her tissue wasn't healthy. Her heart wasn't healthy. Liver wasn't healthy, and her um, reproductive system was non-viable. And 
this um this is an i would say she's indicative of you know when someone's got alzheimer's i bet you if they if they took the time to look at all the other organs that they would would find these signatures but they don't because the the focus is on on the brain because the behavior is manifesting as as a neurological type presentation and so you can you and the markers that you would be looking at for like liver function and what have you, you might just say, well, you know, they're, they're out of whack because, well, she's on Alzheimer drugs or, uh, you know, there could be many, many reasons to be looking at it. And they might just, they might just put it down to old age or, you know, things like um, there's a iron dysregulation. Um, all, all these things combined to turn Daphne into a very, very, I don't, want to, I don't want to say accurate because that that would be stretching the the scientific concepts, but um, a nice approximation of what appeared to be the human state, where we would where we as neuroscientists would focus on the central nervous system, right? Because that's where we think we're going to make the intervention. But it was very obvious from her that it's it's a systemic issue and the the issue the, the the problem around this is is that once you start looking at a population wide level there's a some people are going to manifest more neurally and some people are going to manifest perhaps more systemically and you know i would i would hazard a guess that a lot of chronic conditions atherosclerosis or all, all, all things you know the the diabetes all these things, I would argue that the, if we looked, that we would find a good proportion where we would find the signature of uh, preanopathy. That 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 would be the hypothesis. Now, are we are we able to prove that? No. We all, all we can do is push it forward as a hypothesis, and hope that you know people who are up and coming will um, take the time to look there. Right, with you know, my my time's come and gone, right? That I'm not I'm not getting down with the pointy end of a monkey anytime soon. I'm tired of it. I'm I'm disgusted with what I see as institutionalized science, and um, I I don't want to. I don't have the energy to want to go in and do this. And you know, that well, you know, we're in an age where we could induce the genetic abnormality pretty easily right now but then there was a there was a paper i read uh, recently that said that they were able to induce amyloidosis just by giving the the the, the aggregates just yeah the amyloid yeah 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 this is yeah. and these able to induce it just by which is it, that's that's why we refer to it. That's why the language should be around preanopathy. These are transmissible, um, toxic protein aggregates, and you can take them and you can give them to another animal, and they will develop the same disease. And you know, there's uh, 
um, and it's look, there's, it's only within the last few years that this has been recognised to the point where when the, when they're doing autopsy on Alzheimer's and Parkinson's patients, that they now realise that they should be doing it in uh, more specialised facilities compared to uh, your your normal autopsy room because of the risk of these misfolded proteins acting as propagons and seeding the uh, the the disease in another individual. Now, what we've got right now is we've we've got a virus that has essentially cookie cutter like epitopes on it that can cause this misfolding. And you know, if we if we're to believe the literature with the with these and they're not in other SARS viruses. Right? No, they're not. Right? The ORF six, the ORF ten, right? These non structural proteins which have been geared towards causing this this prion like state. And I you know, I try to you know, the the point of unifying theories is that you could you you pick a a, a bunch of adjectives and nouns and, and string them together so that we're talking about the same thing all the time. Right? And in this, well, I don't. I, I, I say I'm, I'm. I don't want to go too far, and I don't want to spook people either by saying that you're you're going to get the. You're all going down the pathway of neurodegeneration or or systemic amyloidosis or all this, right? Because it, biology is inherently complex, and we just you know. What all I would say is that we're going to be in for some pain. Uh, we're going to lose people. We're, we're, we've lost people unnecessarily, and we're in a situation where, because they've allowed or, or they've gone down the route of vaccines being the only treatment, and the vaccines, no, the gene transfection technologies, the way that they work, you carry a high viral load. So it means that the, that viral load is able to still infect tissue and is able to still induce these protein misfolding um, seeds. Absolutely. And, and this and this is the real black pill that people have to uh, wrap their head around. And I I get it that people don't don't want to go go there and think about that. Right? It's it's easier to dismiss. SARS is, well, it's, it's a respiratory virus like any other. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it can work like that. But then there's many other, many other routes of infection. Um, the gut is overlooked. Look, the gut is the seeding ground. Well, that, that's how we, it was sort of framed in the last 10, 20 years of um, the gut becomes transfected first or infected first by these seeds they travel up the vagus nerve and then get into the brain and you get something called BRAC staging and there's the, there's a progression from the the hindbrain forward into the into the frontal lobes and just depending on which protein misfolds will depend on the parkinson's versus the alzheimer type pathology and you know, um, like I said, I I don't have any any answers beyond beyond that. 
and just just to try and point people to this and and hold hold those I think most most responsible for rolling this out because I it's impossible in my mind that it it was they didn't know right they I agree I, it's impossible they they knew about the uh, amyloidogenic sequences in the spike protein that's bad enough and I would argue that the um, the insertions that are there in the genome of SARS indicate that it it's not a live attenuated vaccine. It's far more insidious than that. And they've gone for the, the it's the holy grail of bioweaponry, prions, because th there's a lag to it that goes beyond the initial infection. And I, I've got a feeling that they keyed in on that and have, um, well, whether it was a mistake or deliberate, have, it's got out and now, now it's going around. Uh, we don't, it doesn't seem to stick to seasonality. You see reinfections, um, you see people going for boosters and I, but in my mind, it's a constant exposure to these proteins, prion like proteins can cause a, a a myriad of disorders not that's that's the problem it's so multifactorial in how it presents and it's so dependent upon the i used this phrase the other day the genetic canvas upon which it it sort of comes into contact with and yeah can you think of any other pathogen that gets deposited into tissue and induces protein misfolding. Uh, I mean, other than the actual prion itself. Are you familiar with any other? Yeah, herpes. Uh, there's a whole bunch. HIV. Um, all, all of them have that something caused Daphne to develop that state. I don't think it's just the gene itself i don't either right that's why i'm asking the question yeah so, so some some stressor in her environment and there's bugs that go around the monkey colonies all, all the time right and herpes is herpes is a common one and it it might just be that she you know what would be a herpes infection in a normal monkey where you know they literally present like humans do they'll get a little cold sore and you you leave them alone for a few weeks and they get better and you can continue to work with them. Um, she probably but, had the same. HIV, oh, no. sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just, just going to finish up and say that she probably came into contact with something like that. And uh, as a consequence of her genetic makeup, just didn't, just went down that pathway. And she, humans already go down that pathway. You have early onset Parkinson's. You have early onset Alzheimer's. Early onset. All, all, all these disorders have sort of statistical outliers that appear early or late. There's an average with these. You know, when you when you do population based medicine, right? They'll they'll pick an average and then say, ah, you're gonna you're gonna fall into that. And yeah, there's some some argument to that, but um, we're all individuals at the end of the day, so. But I don't see herpes and HIV as as um, causing a large variety of tissues to become dysfunctional. 
Um, well, there's, well, with HIV, I would argue that there's a, um, a lot of tissues that become dysfunctional if the, if the disease is allowed to progress and mm. HIV dementia is one of them. And one of the things that I want to point out is, uh, this, where is it? So obviously the the GP uh, one twenty sequence, mm -hmm. which made everyone sit up and say, "Hey, something's not right here." <laughs> How Tony been up to? Uh, no good. And I think you know, I, I can understand why people are sort of going down the live attenuated vaccine hypothesis, maybe. But why, why put it in a SARS backbone? Why put it in a uh, SARS that's got uh, accessory genes that, uh, that are amyloidogenic as well? But um, HIV GP120, let me just, uh, oh, this is the paper. So direct interactions of HIV GP120 with neuronal chemokine receptors 4 and 5 induces coffelin actin rod pathology via cellular prion protein and NOx-dependent mechanism. And it goes on a report that HIV viral envelope gly glycoprotein GP120 induces the formation of aberrant rub-shaped coffelin actin inclusions in cultured mouse hippocampal neurons. Yada, yada. Uh, these pathways are uh, similar to amyloid beta and PLO and involve pro-inflammatory cytokines. So th these, these are things that are in the literature. What, what I would argue is, is, is suddenly in the context of SARS, a lot of stuff is being tied together that's been trains of thought in many, many disciplines. Now, again, you've, you've got to you've got to be asking yourself, um, who who thinks it's a good idea to transfect HIV GP one twenty when we can show experimentally that it 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 can impact the nervous system? And I would I would argue it's just these people are interested in the brain and they're interested in um, HIV dementia. So they're just looking at the brain, but transfect it across uh, the whole of the body, which these lipid nanoparticles are want to do, then you're probably going to, again, kick off these pathways. And I would, you know, hashtag they knew. I, I would push that. I don't know. I'm, I should put you. And, and that's exactly what I've been seeing is an amyloidosis of the body. But the the instinct is not to look there. That's that's the problem. And because right, everyone's so focused on the on the brain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, you can survive with only one lung, one kidney. <laughs> but lo lose lose uh, lose half your brain, and uh, there's uh, well, I don't know. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of people out there. <laughs> <laughs> But certainly, certainly, you can't lose half your heart either. So right, right. That's that's another one that's uh, very, very critical. And um, and you know the, the the simple fact is that um, these seeds will go to areas that are highly metabolically active. Okay, and so the heart obviously is is what pulls a lot of energy, and it's a very electrogenic tissue. The other is the basal ganglia, right? They, th th those cells in the pallidum are firing at 100 spikes per second, 
whereas cortical neurons will do five to 20 hertz or even slower. You know, they might burst for, uh, you know, uh, you could say 100 hertz, but, it, you know, it's a fraction of a second in, in that bursting mode. Whereas, What about the brainstem? So um, the brainstem itself, yeah, you, you've got sort of more constant activity but cerebellum so cerebellar cortex is again one of these areas that's very metabolically active um, very large neurons very high spiking rate and the same for the uh, the deep cerebellar nuclei um, and, and I don't know I, I don't know what why what's causing the deep nuclei to aggregate the iron in such a way that it shows up on MRI the way it does compared to uh, cortex um, but you know there's there's lots of these again um, areas of speciality right so someone who someone who studies AIDS and HIV and dementia you know someone might be focused on uh, the, the immune system and immune immune responses to uh, these, the pathogen itself, or you know, the, the the crazy thing is that we're looking at people who uh, were thinking that they can vaccinate using things like GP one twenty, right? And I don't. Well, I, twenty years ago, I could I could forgive them for not understanding about the on like nature of these epitopes and but in the, in this day and age no that that doesn't fly in my mind and you know there's uh, there's certain individuals that still got patents on using gp120 uh, robert malone um oh he does yeah yeah and um <laughs> what's uh has he has he disowned that patent says he says he wants nothing else to do with it no now you know were i in that situation i i would be saying well this this looks too risky um and you know there's there's this issue that the, the the vaccines have never worked, right? Uh, you know, this is what Jonathan talks about all the time. That you know, there's there's this model of if we can induce antibodies to it, we can induce immunity to it. Maybe to some to some pathogens, but you know, I think the provenance of HIV is very suspect. Um, I do think it's likely the product of um, experimentation um and particularly uh primate experimentation um and yeah again we're, we're just we're seeing everything sort of it's reached a critical point and systems are now breaking down and um you know the the point is do we have to hold these people responsible in, in some form. And I, I think, I think for me, and uh, I want to thank you for the opportunity to speak with you again. It's always an immense pleasure. And I learned so much 
and I hope everyone listening has as well. Um, but I, for me, the the big takeaway from tonight is that the systemic amyloidosis would manifest itself most obviously in the brain and you would not be noticing as much in the other organs. And I think that for me is a big revelation of, of tonight is, is, is that. Well, except the heart, right? (laughs) Except the heart, right? The heart is what it is. is But right. And it is manifesting, um, obviously there as well, but I don't think it's quite the same as with, as with the brain, with the personality, with, um, you know the, the the brain fog. The uh, are, are are people having the um, tremors and yeah other issues? You can so we we see a whole range of functional neurological disorders from both infection, you know, natural infection versus transfection there's like i said there's many many people have got in contact with me and you can just look at the the websites with adverse events and you you'll see people with tremor myoclonic type tremor and um again these are these are all presenting but at levels that are enough where they can say well you know you gotta break a few eggs right to make the omelette what would it take, do you think, for anything to actually, for anyone to actually, in a position of authority, say, we have to stop this? What would it take? I've been asking myself that question. Would every third person dropping dead not matter? I mean, sorry to make such a ridiculous statement, but I wonder. Uh, I, 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 something like that, obviously. Now, the, the question becomes, and this is data that I've got recently, which is that um, in vaccine lots that I've tested, I'll, sh- I'll show you. Uh, oh, okay. Thank you. Um, in the lots I've tested with the spectroscopy that we used, um, there's no uh, there's no nitrogen and there's no phosphorus. What does that mean? We can detect the lipid really, really easy. But no nitrogen and no phosphorus means there's no genetic material in there, meaning no no mRNA. So there's two there's potentially two reasons for this. And this I'm not the only person to get this result. There's another individual called Dr. Daniel Nagaze in uh Canada. And he he's been fighting the good fight uh he lost his job because of um well he he used ivermectin at the beginning he used early treatments in um people who were seriously ill with covid and turned them around and then they um they fired him um but he he found the same phenomenon now what what's the two reasons one it's a manufacturing fuck up They've, they've gone and messed up some batches and there's a load out there that just didn't, um, weren't picked up and didn't, didn't contain, this is the best scenario. The worst is that they know that there are lots out there that are blanks and they're deliberately using them as controls 
in a in a larger uh, in, in a larger experiment where they're trying to work out the efficacy of the uh, the gene transfection technology, and we're in a situation we're in a situation where we know that there are hot batches, right? Side effects are clustered around certain batches across time, and I think that was Mike Yearden that did some of that work. Did that work? And so it means that they've gone and experimented on people without consent, because we're in an environment where people's jobs, uh, their whole lifestyle was literally mandated to be taking this sh shot. And, or the inverse, people rushed to it because they wanted what they thought was a uh, an, an effective therapy. And they got they got blanks because they they still wanted to collect data, so that's that's experimentation without consent, and that's a far far darker um, area to be wading into. Now you know these are this is preliminary data, and I've got to do more analysis. I'm, I've booked the lab, uh, and I'm ready ready to go and look in more detail but you know the the reason that i went to the lab in the first place was that i wanted to put an end to the graphene oxide being the yes that the, nonsense right yeah the cause yeah. for all the adverse events and yeah you know i was it's, it's dead easy to detect graphene oxide that's graphene oxide signature there right um and but that's using that's using uh, industrial graphene oxide that you can buy. Um, we didn't find it in the in the shots. We could find lipid, the lipid nanoparticle signature, but not but not graphene oxide, and surprisingly, not not nitrogen or phosphorus. So I've got you know it might be it might be that the the specific type of spectroscopy that we did doesn't pick up nitrogen and phosphorus. I don't think so because I've looked and you can see it in the literature. So it, it either means that the dispersal dispersion in the vaccine is not um, equal from sort of top to bottom. And we were unlucky in that we didn't pick up a sample. But um, I'm... I'm inclined right now, and you have because the thing is you have to you have to you have to include it in your hypothesis making to to definitively rule it out. And right now, I can't rule out lab origin. I can't rule out the darker end of dual use research of concern. And right now, I can't rule out corporate malfeasance on a global scale and you know i don't you know there's i don't want despair to sort of kick in you know there's lots of people who haven't been who have got through it okay have been infected got through it and are doing doing fine etc and you know um but you know there's there are some people who haven't and they need they need a voice and this, we're dependent on having uh, reproducible results 
right now. And you can cut, you can con come up with conjecture all you like. And we should do that because it, ex it extends our theoretical base. But if we can show that multiple vials are blanks, then I would say we've got something that says you've got to stop because you've, as, as, with all the sketchy clinical research or, or clinical testing that was done at the beginning and you know Jicky Leaks has done a really really good job of um, pinning that down and the Argentinian site and you know how they've massaged data and and we're, we're at the point where I watched uh, a literal what would seem like a, a meeting from Stalinist Russia with a vote all in favor of jabbing children with these. Uh, I, yes, that, yes, that was very, and you know, I, I live in Vermont and to my knowledge, not one child has died mm. from, from SARS-CoV-2 in the entire pandemic. Mm. So where's the logic? Mm. Um, well, they'll, they'll say that some have died and some have got ill. Uh, t t you know, I'm, of the opinion that it's a well, it's Gert van den Bosch, right? His his hypothesis that you know the the herd immunity comes from the plasticity of the immune function of of the children, um, and we're in we we might be in a position where we're going to destroy all of that, and and that's just on the basic medical or, or scientific research you know that's what sort of common knowledge the the more deeper stuff the the amyloid prion like mechanisms it's not on people's radar um and it should be it should be it should be because it's that's where i think the weaponization is that's where i think the uh the malfeasance is really coming from and all the other the other layers, they're able to obfuscate that component all, all the time all, all, by referring to that. And then they can refer to, well, look, we've given billions of doses. It's safe. Did you give billions of doses? That's a question I've got right now. And I, I would argue that um, there, there needs to be injunctions made to seize these the the batches that are out there and um, analyze them yeah and th th i don't know i don't know how you get into a position where it's being objectively analyzed and the labs aren't being bought off right now that's the problem well my concern is sort of you know water you know lapping the shoreline where is continual exposure to the spike protein either via boosters or reinfections? At some point, does one's tolerance break? Yeah, I would. I would presume and, so. I would presume. And this so. is my this is my concern that maybe today most people are fine. Maybe tomorrow. Maybe a month from now. A year from now. But. With and I know people who've had it three times. Mm. With continual reinfections, will there be a point where the body cannot 
start it, it's like the the, the uh the nobel laureate there's a wonderful video on youtube because a very short talk where he says it's you know can the body clear it mm. and that, given, that's what it comes down to how good right. how good is the person's body uh and that's going to work at an individual level what's their inflammatory load what's their lifestyle like what's their genetic makeup so there's so many factors that come in that it's it's virtually or in my mind virtually an intractable problem to to try and put numbers on to quantify but the spike protein also interferes with repair mechanisms mm. so is this going to mean that with each exposure reinfection our ability to clear it is diminished yeah. and it's a very slow descent into a mire of preonopathy. Yeah, and uh, I would I've put forward the premise that long hauler is primarily a ne central nervous system disorder that is is representative of an ongoing preonopathy in that individual. Absolutely, the POTS, the uh, the autonomic, yeah, the, the 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 heart rate variation, all of it, e exactly, absolutely. The, the the lack of you know the resistance to exercise all of it yeah. it, it absolutely is it looks like that yeah. and i'm concerned that it's not only happening to the cns but it's also happening to the to the other systems oh yeah it is well. that's 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 the point is that the, the problem is is that unless the heart just gives out which which i think we're seeing in some people yes I, I, I don't think all those athletes face planting was an accident Right. No, just, not at all. It's just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't remember so many kids just dying in their sleep when I I was like, we used to play football from dawn till, well, we'd play under street lights and not go home. Right. I don't, I don't remember any of my <laughs> cohort keeling over I with one child to to spontaneous. Uh, okay, there was one kid when I was in high school, a uh, couple towns over. Who died when a hockey puck hit him in the chest and his heart stopped? So yes, I knew of one. Okay. But, but you know, that, that, that's uh, Morbus Morbus Hockeyus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you know, there's um, the the signs are there, the signals are there, and I, I I just think of because of COVID fatigue from people that and and because how dark the all the, the framework is that we're we're having to operate in. Once you start peeling back the layers, once you realize that you know, as you like I say, it's amazing that you sort of pick this stuff up and and keyed in on it, because you know I would I would make the argument that it's highly specialized medicine and highly specialized research that very 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 few are involved in, and. I say you, I you... simply look. Wow. I, I and and it's it's just like chess. It's there in front of you if you can see it. Nothing is hidden. It's all there. Yeah. And you I, just I, have I, to see it. I want to reiterate that point. All of none of this is new biology per se. Some of it is exactly. is cutting edge and we don't know everything, but all of it was is known and it's it's, it's all just there. got pieced together right now in a, in a manner that you know 
those those that are continuing to well uh, investigate and try and um, get get to the bottom of what has happened. Uh, uh, what worries me also is that you know the uh, health authorities are correct when they say it doesn't cause Kreutzfeldt Jakob. Mm. It's something else. Mm -hmm. It's a preanopathy. But it's and so everyone is oh I'm relieved it's not Kreutzfeldt Jakob. Well, it's still a preanopathy mm. just because it's not technically Kreutzfeldt Jakob, mm. and I don't like this is this is how I think. You know, I, I I want to believe the best of everyone, but if if you were to be deceptive, that would be the way to do it. The what about is it? Mm. Well, it's not Kreutzfeldt Jakob, therefore it's not preon disease, therefore you have nothing to worry about. Yeah, wrong. Mm. And and that's that's why I try to point to the you know the current state of the art which is all these neurodegenerative disorders now are being understood as preanopathies there's a similar mechanism it's just the emergent protein pathology differs slightly that that's all and in in that field we don't know again this this comes back to your point that you mentioned earlier that um it could be other proteins that are miss or damaged in a way that's not entirely obvious such that you right. can you can you can blast away the amyloid plaques yet still the disease is ongoing and you, you and so there's a number of elements that come into that equation which is one um ongoing latent activity which i think there's plenty of evidence for uh, absolutely to the uh, the site that that latent infectivity can occur so the brain being an immunoprivileged region is of course gonna be somewhat sensitive or sensitive let's just let's try not to and unfortunately the reproductive organs as well yeah yeah and you know this is this is something that in my discussion with dr no, uh, daniel nagaze is that you know he he talked about the spike protein via gene transfection as being genotoxic and oh for sure um i'm it's 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 difficult for me to argue against that hypothesis um and in a in an operational space where we know that the lipid nanoparticle goes for the ovaries um and we know we know that the spike protein is goes for the testicles yep well i was going to say persistent the synthetic spike is persistent as well so it it can be making copies look the this is some this is something that people don't uh, um, grasp but there's you know work out there which would indicate that rna itself can be a prion like agent right absolutely i can see that and this that's a very good point mm, yeah and this and so again we, we're trying to get into like unified theories of disease mechanisms well how does if rna is a propagon and can initiate these cascades um you know how how is it doing it what's the what's the transformation that occurs and you know all all, all of it is um it's 
their hypotheses, etc. But you know, it's supporting evidence, and nothing nothing is a hundred percent in science in in this day and age. Never, never was, never, never will be. You're always going to be limited by the tools that you have available and the conceptual model that you framing your hypothesis on. Um, but you know, there's there's enough coherence across. So from the clinic to the uh, basic research, we can see that there are commonalities. And so it's right to focus on them. You don't, you don't want to go and look at, uh, I don't know, pick a, pick a pro protein albumin, right. As, as <laughs> being the, the problem when we know that we can be looking at the, the you know, the canonical mis misfolders, if you like, that, that emerge. And again, whether they're, whether they're causal or symptomatic, I, I think that debate is still very much ongoing. It's not settled in any any form whatsoever um but we have to be aware uh, of these mechanisms and i i my stance from the beginning has been it's been ignored and uh, you know <laughs> hence hence my crusade why yeah uh, i don't you know i i yeah, good look, dude. I get a lot of criticism for the way that I present this work, right? Um, but it's well, undeserved. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so some people love it and some people hate it, right? And in in my mind, um, if the fact that I have to sit here every day and keep going through this stuff and um, in such a treacherous time i think that's uh probably the most concise way i could put it um i have i have to do it with the dark humor to it the edgy the edgy otherwise i'd go bananas dude i, I really I, would me as I, I as well yes me as well absolutely and, and, and you know what i would really love to see is someone who has access to lab animals to actually give Oh, I do. If, if someone's got the money, I can go to. I've got a lab that I can go to, and I'll I'll whack some monkeys for you. All right. What 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 I wanted to see is is to have the mRNA given to mice and to primates, and then histopathology done. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and, it, but no, I can't believe it hasn't been done. I can't find a single paper. Well, there's the uh, the research. Wow. Well, you, but people tread carefully, and this is this is why I think we need a, a gutting of the institutions and the removal of um, stakeholder funding being so critical to modern modern science. Too too many people are too afraid and want to just maintain their little niche, and uh, you know hoping to receive the plaudits of their peers and the pension uh, at the end. Um, I'm sorry that that excuse right. doesn't fly with me uh, in the current circumstances. And I, I like to think that if I were full time still and still had a lab and I, I would I would be actively pursuing these 
investigations. Now I, I can do it and I can do it on the down low like I, like I am doing. Um, but you know, it still costs money right? You know, to, to go and, you know, if your listeners are watching, I don't even know, are we streaming? We might not even be streaming, dude. I'm just so engaged in the conversation. I should, I should check. Oh, have we not been streaming? As well? uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, I've recorded it anyway, but, uh, yeah, there's, uh, quite a few people watching a hundred and oh good over a hundred <laughs> not that i mean it's been a fantastic conversation regardless so <laughs> well i did you know I'd, uh, hopefully upload it but um you know to to go to to re-examine the vials that i've got and i'm hopefully going to be receiving i've managed to raise the money for three days of lab time right and it's it's a cost about thousand dollars a day to get in the lab and i i think i need five days in the laboratory to be examining as as much of the specimen as possible so i can be sure about this this result with respect to the spectroscopy right um and it's bloody difficult i've written to people and uh there's silence crickets and so um i you know it becomes obvious to me that you know who's who's really interested in getting answers and who just wants to continue the i don't know the sars train as it were and it's there's there's the i can i can go do it i'm 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 going to do it. i've i've raised enough for 3 days i've booked those 3 days right to to go and do these experiments i could right get a hold of a bunch of monkeys i'd i'd do rodents here i'm just my concern would be handling spike protein in in a non or in a less right. than optimal environment but um well i think i'm worried about loading up a syringe and doing an intracardiac <laughs> injection of it and then I'd, I'd do that but you know i don't have all the equipment to hand i don't have you know i need a um microtome to be able to uh, slice the tissue to be able to do the histology on it i mean i right. don't i don't mind doing it i've got a lot of the equipment i don't have all of the equipment and you know there's uh it's a, it's surprising to me how many people you know there are big names out there that do you know to make thousands a week a day right that could step up and don't right and um yeah man they wouldn't even they wouldn't even miss it mm. at all mm. you know it, the, the whole thing reminds me of the the scene from one of the uh austin powers movies where they're they're putting they're gonna start or dr eel will start the unnecessarily slow dipping mechanism mm. and you know you could just we'll just get the gut you know we can just we can just find this out right now just do the experiment just get the gun. Just do the experiment. Yeah. Start the unnecessarily slow dipping again. Just you know, yeah. slowly find nothing out. We, we could just do it. Just yep. get rodents, get primates, inject the mRNA, and let's see what happens. And yep. I can't find anything. I can't believe no one's done it. Hmm. Like they have. They haven't published the results. Yeah, that's another issue. Um, it yeah. probably has been done to some extent. But who's uh, maybe they're just thinking again? It's fear. 
of uh, I don't I don't want fear. I want facts. Yeah, me too. But the the, yeah. the, the PI of the laboratory is thinking about his career and uh, the institutions. And again, we've seen so much, you know, I would say unethical behavior and so much um, I, I, I would put in the class of psychological operations of limited hangouts and that I, not, nothing surprises me right now. And it's, I didn't, I didn't want to go down the pathway of testing vaccines. I was just, uh, it did, you know, it just sort of landed in my lap, but because it did land in my lap, I made sure I w I've gone out and done it. Right. Uh, you know, I've had help. I want to shout out to Omniverseling because he, he funded the first mm -hmm. trip and, um, you know, the others, there's been uh, many, many that have chipped in for the three days I've got coming up. Um, but it's it's a very small circle, and these are these are these aren't people of um, means. These are, these are these are people who who are yeah, with the untermensch, right? And uh, it it we're the ones that are having to go out and drag this stuff out into the public because the the institute the people that have been anointed by the institutes are are the are the people that get all the resources and all the attention and yeah, it's, yeah. now you can get angry you can get even and uh i'll i'll find out if there's uh, and let's say I'll, i i i stream everything even all, all the experiments so if if i find genetic material that's it okay it's in there that just that method that we're looking at on the screen right now doesn't pick it up or the the sample wasn't um thoroughly investigated I get that. Um, that's part of the scientific method. But this, we need this transparent approach right now because I think there's been so much faith lost in, well, the institutes, the, the individuals who are um, supposed to be guarding the, the hen house. Right, right, but, but Fox is in charge of the hen house. That's, that's the best way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah I can totally see that. And I think that since it's about midnight here, I will uh, thank you for an excellent conversation. Yeah. You're welcome, to. Thank you again mm -hmm. for, uh, um, yeah, it's, a, it's nice to speak to someone about this stuff where, where you can actually have a conversation, right? You know, often it's just me eh, railing in the camera and um, trying to, you know, trying to maintain a, a, a community enough that they'll come back every day and, you know, make it strong enough that they, that they, like I say, we've, we've got more lab time coming, more lab time where we can, um, really, uh, punch above our weight if this data holds. And, um, you know, the fact, the fact that it's been repeated by another doctor in another country means it needs properly investigating right now. In, in my mind, there should be legal moves being made right now to seize batches. That's that's how serious I think it is. It's does this doesn't need publication in Nature to uh, to bring the issue to a head. There's a, there's enough doubt already that and enough harm being done. Even even if it's just the 
social fallout, the people that lost their jobs, the people who made a stand on principle, the people that went thinking that they were going to get an effective medicine, all all need uh, all need some some representation or, or someone to call out. So, yeah, it was nice nice to have the the dialogue. Yeah, then I'll be sending. Uh, I'll send the post I'm going to be completing over the weekend about um, the cytokine storm, the uh, amyloidosis hypothesis behind the cytokine storm, and I think there's a very good case for that. Yeah. So I'll send you that uh, that post when it's when I complete writing it, which should be this weekend. Please do, and um, I absolutely will try and get try and get word out there. Um, the uh... <laughs> we need no, help with lab. And I will, thank you. And same to you. And I will look forward to talking with you again soon. Yes. Yes. Anytime, dude. You could uh, you come on once a week. Present your. Uh, this is wonderful. Present well, your. Uh, have a wonderful day. Yes. Right. Ciao. <laughs> Take care, bro. Yeah. And thank you. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, that was Walter M. Chestnut. Uh, I'll do a few comments. Uh, I believe I say we're we're streaming away. Uh, let me just uh, try and find some comments. Where is it? Come here. Where are you? Let's do this and let's do this and this. All right. So uh, how far away are we behind? Uh, maybe very far. Let's do that. And we'll. Go back here. What time is it? One. Give me give me timestamps. Yeah. That's too far back. Okay, so the last sort of forty-five minutes. Uh let's see. Fingernail condition is an indicator of many conditions in the body. Ask the Chinese. I don't know what that means, Nick, but um yeah, look at it. All your body uh, can act as a diagnostic to some extent. Uh, let's see. Curious what you mean about depleted versus deficient. Uh, Tonating blood regularly. I don't know what that means. Uh, with good iron levels. Um, look, I'm, I'm all for giving blood. <laughs> I don't do it myself. But uh, I'm glad that people do. Uh, let's see. First, we need to test if this new medical device is safe and effective. It removes lies and disinformation from the body. Please. Uh, fuck Google says proud untermensch. Uh, good vibes. Uh, good vibes to you. Uh, let's see. Mark Fauci has supposedly been vaccinated and he's got COVID now. Yep. Wap <laughs> uh, Let's talk monkeypox history. Uh, yeah, we can do. Uh, I, I don't mind doing a roundtable uh, tomorrow. Uh, I can send uh, emails out. Get uh, people people involved said let me know if you want to do a roundtable tomorrow about monkey pox I'll, I'll i'll do one uh let's see oh this are these are just the last few minutes uh let's go further back I'll see if there's questions here mm -mm -mm. okay it's too far back uh let's see Rabies, HIV, conotoxin, prion flu disorder. Yeah, that, that belt covers it. Uh, HIV co-infection significantly impacts B-cell responses to SARS-CoV-2. 
Yeah, not surprised. Uh, I'm so glad I'm heading toward my golden years. Can't imagine being a kid and having this as your future to deal with. Yeah. Uh, are amyloids not antimicrobial peptides? Um, eh. Now, there's some argument that they may be involved in trapping pathogens. Um, it's it's up for debate. Uh, let's see. Sri Lanka closing schools and offices due to fuel shortages. When will that be the U.S.? Soon. Uh, Congressman Castor's daughter died from SAD, was 17. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, such an upside-down world with bioweapons thrown in just for more chaos. I agree. Uh, GP120 and GAG were suspicious from the beginning, especially because there were zero point mutations. Next to 12 nucleotide insert mutations. I agree. Uh, Saramat should take care of Zog genocidal maniacs. Saramat forces motto after US only silence. I don't know what that means. Copy Ash Muru. Um, Ardy, good to see you. Uh, I saw that death at Mark Finch. Oh, let me just check if uh, anyone has made contribution to the lab fund i will say that we are uh, oh i'm not on the screen am i uh, let's do this um we're at three thousand six hundred dollars any dono that i get at the moment is going into that um fund to get to give me five days lab access um anyone uh contributing uh i appreciate it let me just see if there's anything come through uh, uh, do, 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 do. someone has uh, let me just say uh, Leah says great convo okay, thanks for the stream love and hugs to you and Walter thank you much much appreciated and uh, everyone else you're all Jews Okay, let's have another email. Um, let's see. Let's see, Sue Larson says, I'm vax-free too. I figured after getting long-haul COVID in early 2020, I didn't need any more spike protein. Good thinking. Uh, look, the you know the data appears to show that there's no, no benefit to emergence of long-hauler and vaccination. Uh, some, some data would argue otherwise. Some data says it doesn't. Again, don't think it's a settled answer. I wouldn't take the risk. Um, let's see. Joe Biden's doing okay with half a brain. I would say less than half a brain. Um, you know, that's the uh, that's the dementia kicking in, and uh, they probably did give him a uh, full dose. <laughs> let's see. Forced jabination of their BS. Thank you, but no. Uh, yes. People want organic food, but use synthetic drugs on themselves. Yep, uh, it's true. <laughs> I say I don't get. Uh, there's a there's a form of OCD that emerges around. I get it because right, it's so critical to your existence. But um, <laughs> we live. Uh, we're, uh, uh, modern day systems are highly synthetic. Uh, Lance Rebo says, uh, "Well, uh, how fucked are we, and how long do we have left?" Um, look, if you're one of the uh, <laughs> You're one of the dead already. Your time's come and gone, right? That excess death up here. Where's it gone? Come here. Come here. Where are you?
um, your time's come and gone. So it's all, it's already gone. Like I say, the, you know, as as I stated, I'm not. If if we lose as as terrible as it is, in the current circumstances, that you've got to put your energy somewhere, and it should be about protecting. Uh, the young. I don't want my kids growing up into a world where uh, they're getting exposed to uh, prion-like inducing agents. Uh, any other pathogen? Syphilis, Borrelia. Many, many, many. Okay, it's not. It's not just one. This. This again. I hope I've tried to reiterate. There are many causes to the degenerative state. Uh, great points about HIV and questions about experimentation and providence of HIV, Kevin. Indeed, systems are breaking down and we must hold people responsible. Yep. Because uh, I'm thinking there's different strains, so I'll try to be careful. But I have a family member who goes to every party they're invited to. They put me at risk. Make them live in a tent outside. Um, so the anti-amyloids, again, there's decades of research into compounds that can blow away amyloid plaques doesn't stop the disease now should you not take should you take quercetin why not why not i am i'll take it maybe it'll help i don't know but uh, expecting miracles from dissolving the plaques um i would be somewhat uh circumspect about that um I have slight tremors in my hands, feet position all this spring. I developed slight yet noticeable tick checking my hands, feet, which definitely has improved. Interesting. Uh, you need one of those clean rooms to hose them down when they return. Yes. Uh, the deck's bad flu year will be a doozy due to ADE, maybe. There's a lot of stuff in those jabs, staff and strep, HTLV 1 and 2, mouse malaria, and much more. The proprion sequences are bad news with HIVs, GP120 is very cytotoxic. Gets in the brain fast. Uh, I agree. Uh, they took the vax and a booster in November. They think they're immune. Ask Eskel Tony how that went. A lot of sterility as well in both genders, maybe. Gert has been blasting out vids. Um, Yes, I think so. But again, um, with the Gert van den Bosch issue and the immunity and the escape variants, etc. In my mind, it's, uh, well, no, it's not a side. That would be a, a, a d diminishing it. But um, there's the issue around these more fundamental pathological mechanisms at play. That's that's where I think the focus should be. So, um, look, I'm glad he's out there doing what he's doing. Um, but uh... <laughs> I could ask, uh, ask him those questions, Lance. How dare you? Uh, experimentation without consent is indeed a dark place for us to be at this time in history, Kevin. Well said. Yes, I think. Uh, he definitely got saline on TV. No sitting prayers would get a vaccine of any kind on TV. Maybe. Is Gert on YouTube? Where do you find him? He just did a stream with uh, the brother of massage enthusiast uh, Eric Weinstein, Brett Weinstein. Uh, they did a um, stream together. Um, again, you know, being uh, experts in their field, uh, why aren't why aren't they talking about the risk from HIV GP one twenty? Why aren't they talking about that being in the vaccines? 
it's, these are questions I, w I want answering. Let's see. Uh, I had SARS-1 in 2016, copper-colored coof. Wow, I mean, that's another thing that G.D. Mikovits was uh, pushing out. Um, <laughs> that there was... Uh, she had SARS. She had uh, SARS-CoV-2 in 2011. <laughs> no proof. <laughs> uh, this might be the first time in history that a significant percentage of citizens became aware that their government is in their lives and doesn't seem to care. Ah. Welcome to the desert of the real. Uh, mass disabling event. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I think we're at. Um, repeat customers. Let's see, did the elites sit in their gate communities while us plebs work crowded factories and coal mines? Um, yeah, times haven't changed much. People especially boosted are having problems fighting off common cold. They get secondary infections, pneumonia with mycobacteria, staphs, many bacterial causes. Uh, yeah, well, you know, I'd like to see more concrete proof of, I, I, I know the signals are there, um, but again, I don't see the... You know, why isn't one of every three vaccinated falling down dead? That's that's the question. I think more long-term mechanisms, preenopathies. Uh, let's see. These people getting amputations or surgeries to remove clots, fix problems. Do you expect them to continue having problems until they become fatal? Likely. But, I mean, you can treat clots, right? And you can give drugs to um, help mitigate it. Once you know the problems there. Uh, we ran like horses back then, no problem. Um, yeah. Uh, they want to destroy us, fight us against the creator. They will be crushed. I agree. Allah Akbar! Since we know all the pieces, how can we best move forward from here knowing this mass disabling event is underway? Mitigate exposure to yourself. Um, try to support people like myself that taking great risks doing the experiments that you're looking at on the screen right now. That's that's what I would say. Help me. Uh, let's see. Since we know the pieces, how can we best move forward from here? Knowing this mass disabling... Oh, I did that. Um, there's more evidence that COVID destroys the immune system than evidence the vaccines do it. Um, yeah. Um, that argument could be made. Um... Like I say, I, I, it depends what data you're looking at, but I think I think signals there for both sides of the equation again. Uh, go deep with the vent says hello, Pulsifer. Miss your threads. We all miss. Uh, I don't know. Don't worry. Walter just doesn't make a new account. So <laughs> get back on Twitter, Walter. Uh, let's see. I'm just saying that both infection and vaccines do the same thing. Yes. Uh, the baby boom. Another baby bust. Yes. Uh, ask Walter. <laughs> Uh, when he's captivated by the conversation, Doc doesn't read the chat. This is true. Um, so I'm reading it now. You mentioned the iron not being processed right in the brain. Many long haulers coming out with iron depleted, not deficient. Could this be a reason for this? Potentially. There is some weird iron connection there. It's the same for blood decoloration. Seems to affect iron too complex in hemoglobin. Yep. Steam been going for one hour, 47 minutes. Yeah, I hope it'll stay up on WTYL.live. Uh, you should be going there. Let's see. 
you'll eat crickets and you'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck those cafes. Uh, let's see. Long haul or nine depletion have the exact same symptoms down to hair loss even. Yep, labs are fun. I agree. Uh, well, it depends. <laughs> if you've got slog away in them day after day, it can become a bit of a drag. Um, uh, I seem some iron-related connection on a chemical level. Yep. Uh, damn, renting lab time is spendy. Now, $1,000 a day is cheap. It's fucking cheap. It's amazing that we, we're able to get it at that price. Right? And that includes everything. Um, you know, the expensive travel expenses and everything. Uh, don't force Doc to perform another Sonicare bedroom microscopy. Yes. We need, uh, we need more equipment. Uh, I wish I was an adult and make more than $20 an hour because I'd be top donor. Thank you, Lance. Um, test them till they complain. Yeah. Uh, Cynthia, not uh, Long haulers do get white lines, ridges, and wobbles in their nails. Okay. Uh, all right. So now I'm catching up. Did this, did this. Um, live stream, good. Lively watch too. Thank you, Laurie. Uh, well, it's been a great stream, a lot of good information. Thank you. Um, there's enough doubt and enough damage has been done. Indeed, enough is enough. I think so. Um, let's talk monkeypox. Yes, we will, Nick. We can try and send out the emails for a round table. We'll do it. Just try and try and keep time civilized. Uh, let's see. I'm not on good level. I don't mean the length, just uh, when everyone's got to turn up. Uh, let's see. I'm not on good levels of things in blood. Rather, genetics, phylogenetic trees, brain folding shape, via big clusters of network, and so on. Are these hemoglobin levels normal? Um, let's see. Did that. Um, please put an ASAP. Please put up ASAP. It should be up. It should be up on WTYL.live. Um, I'm hoping we've fixed that issue. So it should be up straight away. Um, yeah, so it says currently live. You need to go to watch the replay of this, WTYL.live. Nah. It'll be there. Um, okay, that's given so much blood for the cause. I have, literally. Uh, did you see my question about iron? Maybe. People have serious adverse events, then recover, have surgery or amputation. Do they expect that? Well, I did that. Um, uh, I'm on the round table. Kev, you mentioned iron in the brain not being synthesized right in prion disease. Could this be the reason some are coming out iron depleted in COVID-19? Potentially. Um, let's see. Kev mentioned my naming of SARS-CoV-2 COVID. Marty and the links missing right now. Yeah. Uh, peptide deficiency responsible for cancers or tumors. Um, there's lots of reasons for those. Best way to prevent long COVID is to avoid COVID. Simple. Adopt a new way of life. One of solitude like a monk. Uh, yep. Um, I'm behind on sending you a dino, Kev. Uh, had very eventful, stressful last few days. No worries. I'll get to it soon. Well, thank you, Ollie. Uh, the doctor comes up with the funniest nicknames for grifters, Bimbo Bailey. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bogbrush Wilson. Yeah, that's classic. Um, let's see. Uh, 
K2 might dissolve calcification of the arteries. Um, yeah, I would look, I would, I'm just careful of just pointing to silver bullets right now. That's all. And, and that's, that's just because I know the limitations of our knowledge and techniques. Um, but I'm, I'm an advocate for doing everything that you can to take care of yourself. Um, and yeah, it's nice to hear from Walt. Like Walt can come on any time; doesn't have to. He could just ring me up if I'm streaming. We'll do a Walt stream. <laughs> he could bring his uh, his uh, latest paper, and we can go through it. I'm not. Uh, it's always fascinating. Uh, let's see. He says to get low laser therapy to help long haulers. Don't know how true this is. Um, maybe. Um, look, there's uh, there are these light therapies for Alzheimer's and stuff. Maybe they work. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 do. My friend who had the brain bleed will not be leaving hospital. She knows something is wrong. Doesn't know what. Sorry to hear that. Um, Dr. William Imam has a YouTube channel up. If anybody wants to see his video where he talks about long haulers and low laser therapy helping us. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, appreciate the continuance of Gert voice in this arena. It does not bother me that he stays in his lane. Yeah, look, um, more more power to him, right? You know, he's got his uh, he's got his message out. Um, I didn't. I only speak to a small pool of people. Uh, <laughs> I'm my own worst enemy. But <laughs> I say, if, I, if it's not funny to me, then I'm not gonna not gonna keep coming back. Oh, you've got to pay me, pay me, and I'll work. Uh, to to come here every day for uh, coffee tips, um, you're gonna get you're gonna get my puerile sense of humour. Sorry. Uh, let's see. Oh, sensations, kind of movement, like feeling blood flow. Um, hang on, look. The answer to all our problems, curing disease, is eating things like crickets and other insects. Yeah. Well, is it is it because they've got their own set of viruses and pathogens? We want, to, we want to be eating them. Uh, let's see. Um, did that. Uh, yeah, go follow Nick. Um, do, 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 do. Right, that's me up to date. So, yeah, I think uh, I'm out of here. I'll have to take this down, obviously, from uh, YouTube. And um, I don't, uh, don't see any other... PayPal's to say thank you to, um, <laughs> and uh, what would you send him an email saying uh, midnight, his brain's running on uh, fumes? Yeah, I, I get it. Right, uh, it's weekend. Uh, I'm going to try and uh, well <laughs> fix my keyboard. Uh, try and get the kids out, and uh, I'll be back. Uh, maybe I'll be back later tonight. Have a more uh, what should we say? More uh, usual stream. We'll let uh, laugh. We'll have a good laugh at the uh, shit show that's going on. Right, I'm out of here. Take care. God bless. See you in the next one. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do. I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that all line, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers.